Chapter Fifteen of the Brownies and Prince Florimel by Palmer Cox. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jude Summers. The German Band. When the German Band was announced by the Demon Usher in his queer cackling voice, Queen Titania, Dame Drusilda, Violet, and Daffodil happened to be seated on the steps of the throne, and all were feeling grumpy and out of sorts. Dragonfell had tried to prevail upon them to play dominoes or parchisi, but they had no heart for any game. Groughthead, Wolffinger, Mandrake, Bounding Boar, Snout Pimple, and others of the Enchanter's followers were present, and some of them looked distinctly bored. Snout Pimple was even trying to repress a yawn. Things at the palace had been rather slow since the abduction of Queen Titania and her party and nothing especially wicked had occurred. When it was known, however, that a number of strolling musicians were going to play for them, a thrill of genuine pleasure ran through the whole assemblage. Titania and her companions were glad, for they felt that some enlivening strains would greatly cheer their drooping spirits. Dragonfell's followers were equally delighted, though they did not care in the least for music. But, knowing their master as they did, they were very sure that the prospective concert would prove exceedingly interesting. Escorted by the smirking demon usher, who rubbed his hands together while he cackled joyously to himself, and who half-skipped, half-flew before them, the members of the German band entered awkwardly and clumsily arranged themselves in a semicircle before the throne. There were five of them, including the leader who stood at the end nearest Dragonfell, and the others, all diminutive, mustached men with big noses, whose frayed, soiled uniforms fitted them very badly indeed. Their trousers at the ends were rolled up a number of times over, and their coats, which hung on them like bags, actually reached almost to their shoe-tops. Upon the chest of the one who stood next to the leader were pinned a great variety of medals, and he seemed to be very proud of them, since no one else boasted a decoration of any kind. The little audience grouped around the throne gazed at them expectantly, and Titania thought the leader winked at her, but apparently he did not notice anyone, and least of all Dragonfell. His whole attention seemed to be centered on his band. "'Are we all here already?' he asked. "'Yah!' came in chorus. "'Well,' said he, "'I will proceed to call the roll-call. "'Louis Knobloch?' "'I was here,' said the one with the medals next to him. "'Peter Dinkelspiel? "'Here I was.' "'Hermann Schweinschkap? "'He's been here.' "'Jacob Schnitger?' Present early. Emil Mueller? There was no response, and all the rest turned and looked at the leader in surprise. Emil Mueller? he repeated, and then, suddenly recollecting something, went on. Oh, excuse me, I was here. Heinrich von Strauss, Heinrich von Strauss, there is Heine von Strauss. He was by his bed sick said Louis Knobloch. "'What's the matter mit his bed?' demanded Emile Mueller. "'For why is it sick?' 
Nein, nein, Keppelmeister, said Louis Knobloch. It is Heine vas is sick. He is sick by der inside off der bed. Why is he sick? asked Emil Mueller. Yesterday, explained Louis Knobloch, he went on der picnic, and he eated four dozen Charlotte roosters when he gets der collywobbles. He illustrated his remarks by significantly rubbing his stomach. He was not in good condition to blow when we left. Anyone what eats Charlotte roosters ought to be sick, said Emil Mueller decidedly. He should eat them when they is an egg. Play! All raised their instruments to their mouths, but he held up a warning finger. Another thing, he went on to Knobloch. You tell Heinrich off he was not here tomorrow morning, at half past four in der afternoon, when I called the rehearsal, aroused mit him. Are you ready? Yeah. Then blow yourselves. Then began a wild riot of discord, whereupon Emile Mueller quickly took his own dented offending coronet from his mouth. We will not play dot piece, he announced. It is no good. Why don't you write some music, Keppelmeister? suggested Peter Dinkelspiel. I would, but I'm too busy, said Emil Mueller. Let us render instead dot beautiful piece von Wagner, der Glock on der Rhine. Watch, Keppelmeister, corrected Louis Knobloch. Watch what? inquired Emil Mueller. It is not a Glock, explained Louis Knobloch. It is a watch on der Rhine. A clock all can see is besser, said Emil Mueller, and in the midst of their second attempt, Hermann Schweinschkoff raised his hand and shouted in the effort to make himself heard above the din. Stop der band! Stop der band! I am speaking! What's the matter? asked Emil Mueller. Was is der piece you say we play? questioned Hermann Schweinschkoff. I say, der Glock on der Rhein, von Wagner, replied Emil Mueller. They started once more, but again came the vigorous interruption from Hermann Schweinskopf. Stop der band! Stop der band! I am speaking! Why don't you speak your mouth out and be done with it? said Emil Mueller angrily. Was is this here piece, der Glock on der Rhein, anyhow? Is it a sonata? Yes, und no, said Emil Mueller, reflecting. It is a innuendo. Are you all ready? Yeah, they chorused, setting themselves in proper shape. Well, all together then, und show the world what you can do. Then came a third attempt, but the leader again stopped them. Who blew dot bum note, he sternly demanded. Everyone looked at each other in surprise. And Louis Knobloch said, Well, I don't do it. I didn't did it, said Peter Dinkelspiel. I didn't done it, said Hermann Schweinskop. I didn't did did it, said Jacob Schnitger. You're the one, Emil Mueller accused Louis Knobloch. You blue dot bum note, no matter what excuse you make. No, sir, said Louis Knobloch stoutly. I don't do it. You devan, insisted Emil Mueller. You blew dat bum note. It was near me. 
No, sir, denied Louis Knobloch. I don't blow no bum notes. I was as good a musicker as you be, und maybe verse. You take that bum note und bay yourself, said Emil Mueller, reminded him. Oh, don't don't make some ice, said Louis Knobloch, accompanying the words with sarcastic shakes of his head. I don't see no medals on you. He looked complacently down at his own chest, and regarded with satisfaction the big assortment there. Emil Mueller was evidently taken aback, but he recovered himself sufficiently to say, I am the leader, and you can get out of der band. We gonna get along without you. Oh, well, said Louis Knobloch, I can go. Then why don't you? What are you standing here for? I was waiting for my money. How much do you owe me? said Emil Mueller. I owe you a week's wages, said Louis Knobloch. No, you owe me a week's wages. You pay me my money and I go. You take that bum note and pay yourself, said Mueller. That settled the controversy, and Louis Knobloch made no effort to go, nor did Emil Mueller urge him. They made another attempt without any further interruption, and while their cheeks puffed out and they got red in the face, no one could tell what tune they were playing. Dragonfell from the throne silently motioned to Groathead, who went out and returned a few seconds later with a tray on which were four tiny glasses of ginger ale. Jacob Schnitger turned and saw him, and then rushed to help himself to one of the glasses of ginger ale. A moment later, Hermann Schweinskop followed his example, and then Peter Dinkelspiel. Louis Knobloch suddenly noticed his companions preparing to refresh themselves, and made a frantic dash to join them. That left only Emil Mueller, the leader, playing. He looked around to find out what was the matter, and then sprinted toward Groathead, but there was no ginger ale left on the tray. He stood with ill-concealed envy, watching the other four, who were clinking their glasses hilariously. Then the quartet began to sing. Halli, hallo, halli, hallo, be uns gets immer. Je langer, je schlimmer, halli, hallo, halli, hallo, be uns gets immer noch so. Prost, Lieter, said Louis Knobloch mockingly, as he lifted his glass, with the other three facing around and following suit. Emil Muller was speechless. He kicked his heels together as he watched them drinking and smacking their lips. Dragonfell again signaled to Groathead, who went out and came back bearing an immense glass of ginger ale upon the tray. Emil Muller swooped down upon it exultingly, and with great difficulty held it aloft. The others of the band gathered around in awe, while Louis Knobloch stood on tiptoe to obtain a better view of the glass. Emil Mueller blew the froth into Louis's face, and the latter wiped it off with his fingers, afterwards putting them in his mouth, as though even small favors sometimes count. "'Do you know what that man Wilhelm Shakespeare once said?' he asked. "'No,' replied Louis Knobloch, wiping the froth from his eyes. "'What did he say?' Emil Mueller raised the glass to his lips, remarking with great emphasis, 
Shakespeare once said, "'There is udders.' But before he could partake of the cooling drink, all of a sudden the red spirit, with the bow and quiver of arrows he had taken surreptitiously from Prince Florimel, flew through the window into the room, shattering the glass all to pieces, and lit right at Dragonfell's feet. "'Do not be deceived, kind master!' he cried in great excitement. "'They are the brownies!' End of chapter 15